Hey everyone, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. It is our Tuesday Takes edition being recorded on a Monday. Robbie Triano is here. We are going to discuss the Big 12. Who's better right now, Kansas State or TCU? And also, is Texas making progress this morning? Not as Texas back. Is Texas making progress this season? We'll discuss that more on the show. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast, brought to you today by LinkedIn. If you need a job or you are hiring, best place to go is LinkedIn. Make sure you guys subscribe to the channel. Trying to make that push for 2,700 right now. Help us do so by subscribing today. Find us at LO Big 12 on Twitter, and then also find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. You can find Robbie at the Triano Kid. All right, Robbie. Um, what a what a weekend. Uh, I know it was a lot, there's a lot of fun games happening all over the place, but you know, there is so much talk about TCU and Tennessee, right? And both of them played pretty similar teams, right? Uh, you know, record-wise, they were identical. South Carolina was six and four hosting Tennessee Baylor was six and four hosting TCU and um, to see how like, cause I think it was a big talking point. People were like, well, TCU's one law or tech, Tennessee's one loss is to Georgia. They've been so amazing this year and they did to Missouri and, and all this stuff. And then they went out there and laid an egg and it looked like TCU could have been on their way to somewhat of a similar result. Not as bad. But then Max Duggan and the banged up Frogs offense went down the field and scored twice and fire drilled it and <laughs> and they're eleven and zero and uh, you know the the hypno toe just it works mysterious ways right now. Yeah, and just to go on that finale at TCU, which my opinion, Big Twelve game of the year, I thought yeah. maybe one of the best college football games of the year. The way that thing ended and even just like Baylor kept punching the whole game. I thought when they run the football, they were just so effective and it made me say like Blake Shapin's the most elite handoffer in the entire world like he is so good because you rather he's handing it off than him throwing but that like last sequence is why I think Sonny Dykes is just an incredible head coach because we could say and I think in the moment we were like this is terrible clock management like we thought okay so we spiked it okay there's like 30 seconds left you kind of left a lot of clock on the board also, you have no timeouts, and you still need to, like, I thought, get a little bit closer, a little safety net. I thought they clocked it way too early. And then they run the ball, and it's like, oh, no. Like, <laughs> and no, no urgency to get off the field. Like, Di Mercado was kind of like, all right, you know. And it was like, guys, let's hustle. Yeah. In that moment. So it was – but that's why they're such a well-coached team. Right. Because they have gone through that situation over and over and over again and Sonny Dykes even talked about their play was called bazooka so if they toss out bazooka they know to go 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 and that's why I just think this team is just like so together in all aspects and we talk about what TCU has had to do this year to survive they've proven they can win in a shootout they've proven that they can beat you defensively what they do against Texas they've proven they can beat you in the nail to na nail biters down to the situation They've proven they can win in every single way. And that's why this team, for me, kind of has like a, 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 a team of destiny, like destiny type right. of vibe. For them. And I commend Sonny Dykes. He should be the coach of the year, not only in the Big 12, but nationally. 
what an incredible game. Uh, I, I can't say anything else about it. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, it's so funny cause they don't get the two point conversion and you're thinking Baylor's run the ball so well today. All they need is 10 yards and they can do it. Right. Even when he missed an extra point earlier, it's like, that's, right. like Baylor is like a tough team. Like, that's right. Like right. Team. It's like, you, you can't be spotting the stuff. And you know, you mentioned the coaching part, like the fact that TCU still has three timeouts there at the end, that that's like that. That's usually a, a coaching slash slash execution thing. Like they didn't need to burn one earlier in the half for whatever reason. And also that's a huge Max Duggan thing, right? There was never a time where he's like, I got to get out of this play or whatever it is. Got to call timeout. And, you know, like he, Sonny Dykes talked about it too. He's like, yeah, it's just like, that's actually not as nail biting as like you guys think it is. We practice that. But for a kicker who just missed an extra point for you to fire drill him like that. And, and really get kind of in a way it's like, you can't think you just kick. Right. Uh, you know, he's not in his head, not in his head at all. I mean, that sequence was unreal. You're like, oh, they scored. I dropped the two. Oh, I, th- I thought Shaven was going to get the first down. Oh, my, my, Robbie, my, my calves when Shapen was running were just like so tight. I like realized that once he was down and um, Baylor blinked. Like, that's, I know TC got the job done, but like, we love Dave Aranda and he's awesome. He's, he's a very good coach. But like, Baylor did blink. They blinked there big time. And uh, once again, everybody thinks I'm a huge TCU homer. That's not taking anything away, but we've said it all year. If you, if you blink, if you flinch, TCU always, always this season has gotten you. That's why the free play happened, you know, against West Virginia, right? Like, up, uh, screw up. It's not a three-point game. It's a 10-point game, ball game. You know, it's, it was basically already over anyway. But, you know, um, same thing against Texas, right? You left Quentin Johnston wide open. We're not going to miss him. We're not. You let Kendra get loose. You've been great on run defense all day. He's gone. I'm sorry. And that's what TCU's done a great job of. Like, they never play perfect games, but usually they're better at capitalizing on your mistakes, however small they are, than the other way around, I feel like. Yeah, and I think about the experience of TCU. Like, what quarterback, after missing this game-winning – like, he would have tied right. the game with that two-pointer. What quarterback in the Big 12 could have then gone back and be like, all right, let's do this? Blake Shapin could have done that. Maybe Spencer Sanders. I'm not sure yet if Dylan Gabriel could have done that. And that's why when they are in this mode of like, they couldn't think. It's just, you have to react. Just do. Like you're yeah. just going. And like, that's why I think because TCU has this experience, other teams in that moment, it's just like psychological. Like if you are not have been in that before, practice that you're like, okay, what do I do? And you spend that extra millisecond thinking just a little bit. Like Hunter Deckers would, and Iowa State wouldn't even be close to doing that. Fun fact, Iowa State has six, six one-score losses this season. Right. That's a team that obviously is not experienced and not to the level of TCU where they're like, oh, okay, I know exactly what to do in this moment. I've been here before. And that's also, if it wasn't for Caleb Williams doing what he did against UCLA, like UCLA, that was a Heisman moment for Max Duggan. Yeah. He didn't get the game-winning touchdown or anything like that, but you mess up and you fail to make that conversion, and then you go down and in like key moments, you extend drives with your legs. Like He had the presence of mind to be like, oh, I have to go. So that's where like Max Duggan, like, I thought, absolutely dominated the last two minutes, and we've had the conversation before, like, what quarterback would you want in a final two-minute or game-winning situation? <laughs> Max Duggan proved that 
he he had the poise and the confidence to do that. And that's crazy that we've arrived at that point, you know, from where we were last year, which kind of gets me to the next point, because it's the same thing with the other team's quarterback, right? Like we're at a place now. And I, I wanted to ask you this because you are the resident K-State, you know, according yes. to 24-7 message boards, you are a Kansas State guy. And I think this is a real question people, you know, we should be debating. And I think, I think people on both sides feel really good about their teams for separate reasons. But who's better right now? Kansas State or TCU? Which team is better? Because I think there are cases on both sides that are legitimate. Full strength right now. Like from what I've seen, I have to give TCU the credit. They've they've done it. Like they've proven it. I think they have more NFL talent than Kansas State. However, this is something we we need to discuss because TCU has seemed to be given the I don't know. Good luck charm when it comes to health this season. They never really had that injury that was like, damn, they lost until until the last part of the game where there was no Kendra Miller, no Quentin Johnston and no Darius Davis. Yep, correct. So Darius Davis missed the game, hand injury. Kendra Miller out with an undisclosed injury, did not return. Quentin Johnson, who has been battling an injury, uh, how it all feel and he was gone. In my opinion, that's your best running back by far, one of the best running backs in the league. My opinion, if it wasn't for Xavier Hutchinson being the only weapon at Iowa State, Quinn Johnson, the best wide receiver in the Big 12, you lose those two. Yes, they have other pieces, but like I like Amani DiMarcato. I feel like he's like the type of running back I want. He can just like punch you. Like right, he's just right. physical. Like he can just go against you. But yeah, it's looking like Kansas State in terms of health. They have the players they need to be in, even though they lost Asian Martinez. It's looking like Will Howard can open up the offense passing wise. They didn't exactly have. We've talked about it for weeks, but we're seeing more weapons like get involved. We're seeing Malik Knowles being so much of a factor. We're seeing Ben Sinnott just becoming this tight end out of nowhere, who's becoming one of the best tight ends in the entire league. It did concern me that West Virginia scored 31 points, but I will counter with that. Garrett Green, there's not a whole lot of film on him. And I thought, like, he made some throws. I was like, who are you? Like, you were just waiting. Like, I know JT Downs is good, but, like, you can do things with your legs. That's what I know. You were doing some things with your arms. I had had no idea you could make these type of throws. Like, if I I was Neil Brown, I would have given him the shot earlier in the season. But, yeah, if you can score 48 and they've proven to do this multiple games, Kansas State in this very moment right now, they kind of have some momentum and TCU kind of has to find themselves in this, in this last game and pray to God that no other injuries happen. Yeah. Yeah. What's, what's what's inter- when I was watching that West Virginia game and I was thinking, you know, the offense, like they're really good at getting the ball to everybody in all these different places. I mean, they even get uh, Giddens had a really good game of the day too. Giddens, Vaughn, Brooks, Knowles, and both, both tight ends. They got to you know, use them as tight ends, Cade Warner and, Senate, like they use all of them. They use everybody as a weapon, you know, even short yardage situation. Like I know we're, we kind of lamented how many touchdowns Deuce Vaughn doesn't have. And another one was vultured the other, the other day, one yard touchdown run for Will Howard. Um, their offense, fantastic. They let Sam James catch three balls. All of them were touchdowns. Uh, that, and, and the coverage at some points was, was bad. And at some points it was actually like, okay you can't, you, that's not going to work against TCU. You right. mentioned, and then going back to a point you mentioned earlier in the game, like, sure, 
if Kansas State wants to go and try to score 41 points, that is fine. Go ahead and, and, and try to do that. Uh, TCU usually scores 44 if you want to get into that kind of game, right? And I'll tell you this, like, for as, you know, for the TCU defense not being this awesome, amazing, you know, kind of animal of a defense, like, look what they've given up, you know, 34 to SMU, 24 to Oklahoma, 31 to Kansas, 40 in double overtime to Oklahoma State, so it's like really, right. you know, that's not real, 40. Uh, it's with 37 would end up being, you know, 28 against Kansas State, 31 against West Virginia, 24, 10, and 28. Like they put their defense is putting up enough numbers where it's like, look, our offense is always in range. Our offense is always in range and always able to do it. So I think it's going to be an offensive game for sure when these two, and it feels like really, you know, with Jalen Daniels, it, it looks like it's going to take him more than one game to get back. And boy, does, did he have a rough one, right? Texas is not a fun defense to come back against. Kansas State's not much more fun to come back against in a big game on the road in game number two. Um, and um, so it looks like so Kansas State's on the way, right? They're on their on their way to the Big 12 title game. Uh, yes, everything's cooking. Everything's working for them right now. And maybe TCU's got the wrong injuries at the right time, but I I have some concerns about the secondary for for uh for Kansas State. So uh. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes the game more compelling. I think more fun. This is an interesting conversation because it kind of shows why necessarily, like if we had the conversation in the big 10, like who would win Illinois or Ohio state? It's like, okay, we clearly know it's Ohio state. If you go in any other conference, but in the big 12, it's like, okay, here's this undefeated team. They've beaten everyone. And here's this team with three losses. Who's better? And it's interesting because I think that just shows one, how close they are, but two, like, it's so interesting. It's like a TCU conundrum. It's like you win every game, but you haven't won to the point where it's like, Oh, that was, you were, they were were nine and oh, and they were set. They were over a touchdown underdog against Texas. Yeah. And they they beat them. They really beat them by two scores to be quite honest in that game. It was like, it, it, it's it is really weird to figure out, but Robbie, it's like the team of destiny thing. It's just they're going to be more poised than you, and that's the thing. It's like you want to bury you wanting to bury those guys. Like you gotta you got. I mean, Georgia can probably do it, but like you better put them away. You, you they cannot be around you in the end of the game. You know, it's. I mean, once again, going back to the two point conversion, it's like, oh my god! And then the three plays later, they're getting the ball back. And Robbie, when they got the ball back. I mean, I was like, oh, this this game's this game's pretty much over. Like the right. TCU is going to I, I I knew they didn't have the best guys out there. This game was over. And I think Kansas State can put them down a couple scores, especially if some guys are missing. But I mean, how do you like how would you how would you pick against TCU if that game happened right now? And there's a good argument for Kansas State being better. And there's an argument of it's tough to beat a team twice. And they've got a new quarterback and he's fully healthy and we're good to go and all the weapons are firing and rolling. But yeah, like, it, how do you pick against TCU? I know. And that's where I'm having this difficulty because as I think I I want Kansas State to win because I think for me, I mean, I, I picked them. So it's like, that's a team you I thought early got, yeah. and I have pride with that. But if you're just a fan of the Big 12 and want success, like there was points in that Baylor game. I was like, no, like TCU, please right. win. Like I want us to be in the national stage. You deserve to be this good team. And that was the thing about TCU as well. They're always in arm's reach. Like, if you score, they're going to score too. 
you can never really pull away. And if you do pull away, they're still at that point where they don't feel like it's too out of like range for them. They can climb right, right back to you. And that's where I, I, I give this team so much credit defensively. Joe Gillespie, like it, it, they just know what to do in every situation. And we talk about, you know, before the season returning talent, the team, the teams with the two top returning talent this year, TCU and Kansas, what have they done this year? They've proven to be successful. And I think they are this model of like, if you want to be old in college football, you can be successful as long as you have really good coaching around you. And that's right. why I, I feel the same way about Kansas state too. Like, I feel like they have yeah. some really good coaching this year. You're one of Colin Klein. There were some bumps and hiccups, but right now I feel like there's not an offense in the league right now that I think is better than what Kansas state is doing. Like they can pass the ball. They have this running attack. I like what I'm seeing from DJ Giddens that, but these injuries for TCU is like, I, I want them to be back for this championship game. It would be a damn shame if we did not see Quentin Johnson at his highest level playing in the most important game. Um, but when it comes to like coaching on coaching, I would take TCU squad right now. What Sonny Dykes has done, they have been prepared for everything. This team has seen everything and they have succeeded. Um, I God, I love this league. The fact it's, that it's this close, like this much of a... Oh, you mentioned they're going to be a 9-3 team. And, and I mean... If these guys don't come back, like, I think they're going to be favored in that game. Right? I mean, if we know, you know, well, we'll we never know with injury reports, so we're never going to know. But, like, you know, and I actually wouldn't be shocked if we don't. If, I wouldn't be shocked if Davis and I, I would I would not be shocked if we don't see all three of them. I think there's a good chance Quentin Johnston doesn't play. They got to get him close. To, I mean, you, I guess Iowa State, I mean. Like you gotta get him as close to right as possible because oh I would not play him during that yeah was, it's just you you gotta get him right and and you know it's having him in and out of like is it's really it's really difficult but we saw some other guys man like Savion Williams is you know like he is not Quentin Johnston but he's still a very very good player we saw him using you know, the running backs tight ends everything uh, especially those final drives they finally hit the tight end the final drive. Um, but those, are, I mean, Darius Davis, like, you know, he's kind of what we thought Malik Knowles was going to be this year, right? I mean, I I feel like he is, and once again, part of that's because the quarterback, you know, I know that Malik Knowles has not had, uh, you know, Will Howard the entire year, but like Davis is, he, I guess it's a difference maker, man. I mean, you you get him in space, like, it's, it's, he's probably gone. Yeah. So they all, this it's also a great match. The best two special teams in the entire league. Yeah. Kansas State and TCU are like, TCU is fighting for that crown to being the best special teams. They're they're right. awesome on both sides. Yeah, it's a lot. It's gonna be awesome. It's a lot of fun. Uh, let's talk about a team that is still technically in the Big Twelve title race, the Texas Longhorns. They're, they're they're still in it, right, Robbie? I mean, they win this week, and look, I wouldn't say Kansas you knows going to win this game. I doubt they are, but um, you know, maybe Jalen Daniels gets a kick in the butt, and they're good to go. I thought they should have played Jason Bean. Not sure it would have mattered, but big rivalry game. Uh, also, we will know the results of Baylor, Texas before the Kansas State, Kansas game. So Texas, a chance to apply some pressure if they get the win. But question here, Robbie, is, is Texas making progress this season? The reason I ask this is five and seven last year. They're now seven and four. They have secured a winning record in the league. It is the last week of the season. And we are still, once again, like it's a smaller chance but still in the Big 12 title race last week of the season, 
not in the driver's seat, still involved. And um, they're going to be favored this week with a chance to get eight wins. They're probably going to have a chance for a nine-win season. We'll see how that goes. But the recruiting has been fantastic. This team did get better. Are they making – I guess the question is not progress because they. if you think they're not making progress, you're an idiot. Are they making enough progress, I think, is the right – do you think that's the right question? Is enough progress the right question? I do. And I think we're seeing that they have the talent – obviously to compete at the highest level in college football. You can, you can get in the comments and say, no, they don't. They suck. Ah, Xavier worthy. Every year they have talent. This is this year's difference. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're having like in the places we needed them to improve this year. They did offensive line. They improved Kelvin banks. By the time he is done with his college football career, he will be one of the best picks in the NFL draft. They're making a solid improvement on the offensive line. Defensively, last year, one of the worst in the league. This year, currently, I think, leading in sacks in the entire league. And awesome against the run. And awesome against the run this year. Correct. They have been exceptional, and we're seeing players that, like, I didn't know Jalen Ford was going to be this good. He's been great. The part that I'm, I'm like, okay, what is this going to look like next year? Because you are losing a lot of players on that defensive line. Mm -hmm. You are going to lose Bijan Robinson. If he stays another year, you're an idiot, Bijan. And also, I think he proved that with his Kansas performance. Remember when they lost to Kansas last year? Bichon said, okay, no, no, no. We're not letting that happen again. I'm going to score 8 billion yards on you. Uh, so amazing. he was acceptable for that. What a game for him. But they do have pieces behind him. I like Keelan Robinson. We're going to see more players that, you know, were behind the weeds this year. Uh, what was his name? Jalen Blue. Was that, is that his name? Jaden Blue? Jaden like Blue, yeah. So, obviously, he didn't play this year. But we're seeing that they are Getting these recruits, I think they are establishing more of a culture. They need to win the games that they need to win. They are, they, they've proven, okay, West Virginia, we can blow you out of the water. Oklahoma, we beat you. You're, you were a bad team this year. We can, we can blow you out. Kansas, not a problem this year. They're proving more and more that they should be winning the games they should be winning, which has been an issue that has plagued Tom Herman and years before then. The next step is, okay, how can we close games but not even close games but get so far ahead that it's not an issue anymore? And they're playing players for the future that will get there. Quinn Ewers, you can say whatever you want about him. He is a true freshman basically in my eyes because last year he would have been a high school senior. He is improving. He is getting there. He is gaining confidence. This is his first Hopefully he is. He lost a lot of it. Well, I think this is what I want to hit on, Robbie, is that you know, I've got a lot of questions about that quarterback situation right now. Mm-hmm. He, you know, they they, man, they really did a good job managing the game the other day. If you would have told me that they're at this spot right now, and whereas we're kind of like, man, what's up with Quinn Ewers? I think it's pretty impressive. I mean, I, I would have not have said that. I mean, if, you know, if you told me, all right, Quinn Ewers, we're having a weird confidence issue. We're trying to build his confidence back, and we're 11 games in. Mm-hmm. I would have been like, man, this thing probably went really south, didn't it? Right. And we always hear about how good of a quarterback whisperer Sark is. So I think, I think because of where we are, I think it's progress. The one question is though, like, is yours going to be the quarterback next year? Because with how hot Arch Manning, and I think he should be number one. I'm going to put that out there now. Right. With how hot Arch Manning is and how much he's ha- going to have to do with the new recruiting class. 
There is going to be calls for that, especially if Quinn has a game like he had against Oklahoma State, right, or against TCU. So that's the next key because you mentioned, Robbie, when they lose all those guys next year, they're going to need that quarterback spot to elevate. And it's, it's it's not there right now. Which I guess it's a good thing, right? Because it means there's a lot, a lot of ways to go. But the problem is they're getting less from that spot now than they were earlier in the year, is my point. And that's not something I saw coming. So it's very interesting because Baylor plays Texas this week. And I feel like these teams are in very similar levels right now. They are teams that, you know, are young and are playing their young players, but are showing promise in a lot of different areas. These are teams that are saying, yes, they had somewhat of a down year for Texas. This is a better year, but for Baylor, obviously winning big 12 to now they are playing a lot of young players at a lot of key positions. I think this is a year where you lay that foundation and you build confidence off that. Look, we weren't our best team. We're playing a lot of freshmen, a lot of sophomores, even some, but we went eight and four. We went this level and maybe we won a bowl game. This is a confidence building year. If Texas can beat Baylor and then win a bowl game, That's a huge improvement for Texas. I understand every year we should say, you know what, they're a national title contending program. They are not right now. If you can stack four more wins, that is impressive. Obviously, we want to say about what we want to say about Steve Sarkeesian when it comes to close games or how he handles things. They're proving to win. They are stacking things the right way. I believe they are in a much better position right now than Oklahoma heading into the SEC. They're getting better talent. They are recruiting with the best in the entire country. And, oh, yeah, they don't have a quarterback problem. And what I mean by that is they are getting the top-level quarterbacks. Right. And say what you want about Sark. (coughs) He is a good play caller. He needs to adapt in order in situations where he can actually, in late-game situations, you know, be better. But they're getting the talent. It seems like what they're doing is going to work. I'm, I'm, like, would you be shocked if next year we were saying Texas could win the Big 12? No, not at all. I mean, you know, I thought I, I had them in the Big 12 title game this year, right? right. I, I, that's why I had them because of that talent level. And once again, like, I, if you told me the quarterback situation, situation went like this, I would tell you, like, man, that was probably six and six, five and seven again, wasn't it? And this, you make a good point about the quarterback thing. Like, I don't think what people understand is, they might have been winning more games with Sam Ellinger, but when we watch them sometimes at Red River and whatnot and those really big games, like that's that's not that's not how you win at the top level. What we what you know that for, now once again it was one quarter against Alabama, but like when we watch that first quarter of the Bama game, a guy who can spread the ball the way Quinn Ewers do with velocity and touch to the back of the end zone, to the sideline, to all of those places. That's not something Sam Ellinger could do. And now Texas is having more than one of those guys back to back, right? Quinn Ewers. And like, look, once again, there's no question he can do it. We've seen him do it. It's just game in and game out. And look like, you know, he's talent and sometimes talents grow fast than others, but like Max Duggan's awesome. Now Uh, Spencer Rattler had a really nice game the other day, you know, whatever, like, and he's still learning too. Like these guys, it takes them time to build sometimes. There's some talents like Caleb Williams, Robbie, who hit the ground running, and maybe you can recall one bad game. Baylor, you know, Baylor game last year, they really had his they had his number last year. And sometimes right. then they hit the next year running, they're in the Pac 12, and Caleb Williams looks to me right now, 
playing the best quarterback in the entire country. But sometimes it takes a lot more for those guys to, <clears throat> excuse me, eventually reach that point. And for Quinn, like having the injury, you know, switching schools, having like having this kind of team the way it is, like he's not played well. There's no doubt he has not played well at all. But you're going to give up on a guy like that? You really going to give up on a guy like that? Like, right. and make the switch to Arch Manning. Some of this stuff just takes time. We talked about it last week. Like, winning takes time. And the next progression is you're right. Like, if it's eight and four this year, the next progression should be for them in the next two seasons. 10 and two, 11 and one and winning a big 12 championship. Like that should be the progression point. So, and also the reason I'm saying that too, is I'm saying they're young. Let me go through who I think will be on the roster next year. Xavier worthy, currently a sophomore, Jordan Whittingham, Whittington. I think he is a beast right now. He is a redshirt junior. You have now, let me read this offensive line because it is their current starting offensive line. Kelvin banks, one of the best freshmen in the entire country. Freshman. Hayden Connor, sophomore. He's their left guard. Their center, Jake Majors, redshirt sophomore. Right guard, Cole Hudson, freshman. They only starter they are technically losing is Christian Jones. Not only do you have players that are going to be playing two more years after that, you have players who are playing another year after this. They are building the foundation. They are a young team, and they are being somewhat successful now. They are not beating Kansas State, or they did beat Kansas State. They are not beating TCU. Right. They're not nuclear bomb TCU. Who's like, you know, who's who's, who's beating everybody. And then you have Jatavian Sanders. And yes, you have Quinn Ewers. Like this team is young and they like, that's why I think when we go to the end of when they're in the big 12, they're going to be a force. Like this team is a problem right now. They are still learning how to win. And everyone who wants Sark gone, like I understand TCU is having a lot of success right now. Those are old players, and there's a lot of NFL players on that roster. So that like Texas is going in the right direction. I know everyone wants to dunk on them memes, blah blah blah. They're they're good. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you're right. I mean, like, right. they're stacking players in the way SEC teams do, right? And I mean, when you get to this point, much like Nick Saban does, like you know, Texas gets obviously GP Gary Patterson in there for reasons you know pretty obvious, right? Like he wants to kind of stick it maybe to his old old team and it's in the state whatever but like guys like that will want to keep coming right and especially if they know they're going to get to be a part of the game plans and whatnot you know in a pretty meaningful way guys like that will continue to come great recruits will continue to come right they're and the places that matter in this league especially the offensive and defensive line like they really built it up i mean they they handed tcu's ass them up up front for most of that game like don't go don't get it twisted like their defensive line got after tcu for a majority of that contest and that's something they had to build up. You know, they, they had to build that up. And the running game, for the most part this year, has been very, very good. Now, like when you start the many guys up front, it can be bad sometimes, but all those guys are going to grow together, hopefully, and add in more. If they're not, they'll find more talented pieces. So they're building it in the right ways, I think. Now, also, losing Bijan will be tough. That's going to be tough. <laughs> 100%. That's going to be their biggest hole. Also, we're realizing how important quarterback depth is. Uh, just look at Oklahoma. They nice. lose Caleb Williams, uh, Heisman. Basically, the Heisman. Uh, Should he, be the Heisman. He, they may play in the college football playoff if they run the table and some things go their way. And also, Spencer Rattler just beat Tennessee in his best game ever. Yeah, I think Oklahoma would have wanted to have those two quarterbacks. So if you can have Quinn Ewers, Malik Murphy, Arch Manning, right. uh, it's kind of important to have to have depth. And we've seen all across the Big 12 this year, 
basically every team has had their quarterback be injured at one point or another. Um, I know, I know our friend Gabe Eichert, his, you know, his colleague, Teddy Lehman loves Malik Murphy. I, I was, I was dying to see Malik Murphy because it sounds like the way they use him in practice. It's just like any kind of quarterback, he gets to be that guy in practice. And like, apparently does a very, very good job of it too. Yeah. He's going to have to transfer, which sucks. I hope he, I hope he stays in Texas. I hope he goes another big 12 or not. not I think he should do one more year. Cause I, I, if, if I was Arch Manning, I would redshirt. Like to be quite honest, I would not play if I was Arch Manning. If you I'm know? Sark, I'm not playing him. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, like, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not playing. Bit, you know, like, like we yeah, have some depth now. Let's just develop you and like, right? Because like, sure I think, I think, especially with the Quinn Ewers experience this year, like he's probably gonna be like, there's, there's like a negative five percent chance that, like, well, I'd say like a one percent chance this guy pans out. And you talked about that list of redshirt quarterback or freshman quarterbacks who've done amazing. Yeah, like Texas is building the infrastructure. We're not totally sure they're there yet. So while we're building, give us one more year to build that. He's doing what they did at Alabama. Yeah. Like, like you have Jalen Hurts, Tua, and Mac Jones. Like, just right. let Mac Jones sit behind. I'm I not- let I let I let Murphy and look, I I make it a competition, especially if Quinn finishes the year like this. I let Murphy have his shot. I for, thank you for bringing him up. I actually forgot about him. But like right. that's that's the kind of competition where, like, once again, I think viewers should win that job, but a guy who's as talented as Malik Murphy is outside top 300 player, four star guys, a really good athlete. If he pushes him and takes and wins the job, like that's your indication to you that in the second full year of being a starter in camp that yeah, a quarterback change has to happen there. If I was Malik Murphy, like you have so much eligibility left, like not make a rash decision where you have to play. Now you are with Steve Sarkeesian. It's going to be tough to keep him though, man. If he does decide to I mean, there are a lot of places, Robbie, that would love to have that guy. Hey, maybe even TC would like to have that guy, right? You know, maybe maybe in the right. other schools, obviously, say maybe Baylor would like to have that guy. I, I don't know. I think, I if you're a quarterback that young, like just cook for a little bit, just sit behind the scenes, get better. You don't have pressure on you. Like just just chill with Texas. Maybe he's ready. That's he wants to prove himself. I'm tired of some of these quarterbacks because when they transfer, they're just clearly not it yet. Like Oklahoma just, State, they need, they need to buff up that run game, right? Get him there. <laughs> well, the Oklahoma State needs a lot next year. They need a lot. <laughs> a lot. Uh, all right, Robbie, where can people find you and your work? Also, awesome weekend, the Big 12. Baylor obviously losing to UVA, but then fights back, beats UCLA last night. Where can people find all your thoughts on Big 12 hoops? Yeah, it's it's crazy to think. Like, hard to get into basketball mode right now. Like, I'm, I'm battling football, basketball, football, basketball, because we're in the heart of the season. But basketball right now is awesome. We had a lot of great games over this weekend. Follow the Midwest Madness podcast wherever you do. Apple, Spotify, wherever. Follow us on, on Twitter, MW underscore Madness Big 12. Follow me at Twitter, at the Triano Kid. I do a lot of Kansas State tweets, but I promise I love the rest of the conference, uh, except for Oklahoma. All right, Robbie Triano of SiriusXM and the Midwest Madness podcast. Talk to you next week. See you, man.